Not on my one. Not my boy. Even Joe. I. Even I know. Even I know. Even I don't know. I don't know my butt from my elbow when it comes to football. So. <laughs> but he knew this butt and this elbow. Yes. He tried to make you look like a butt. Uh, but yeah. No. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of My Wife's Favorite <laughs> Football Podcast. My Wife. Oh, My Wife. That's oh. good. <laughs> uh, joined by my producer, Joe. How's it going, Joe? It's going really good. I feel like... Except ha- for we're in a state of em- emergency. State of e- emergency. We're going to get to that for sure. State of urgency, uh, more For like those it. of you who really didn't like the my wife thing, I'm so- I feel like fifty. it was 50-50 when I did the my wife thing. It was either, oh, shoot, I'm going to turn this off right now, or it was people that were sar- sarcastically laughing <laughs> like we just were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're still around, thank you so much. But we are in a state of emergency right now. Here in the beautiful little town of Elmer, Ontario. Joe, why don't you give us a lowdown on what's going on with the local news right now? Uh, see, I don't know a whole lot about it, but um, basically our mayor declared a state of emergency. Yeah. Uh, because we're, there's supposed to be a, a walk of freedom, I think it's called. Yeah, something like that. Uh, on yeah. Saturday, it's like a, it's a protest. It's an anti-mask thing. Anti-mask protest. <laughs> and yeah, they... they declared a state of emergency what sounds a lot scarier than yeah. it really is yeah what really happens in a state of emergency uh have yet to find out really i think you you basically can get arrested without like a warrant and stuff right that's I think, insane I think that's or, or i don't know that that's mean, what people were saying but, yeah that's what i heard yeah but i have i'm so uneducated <laughs> in the law that i would have no idea police should just always call, call for state of emergency <laughs> then uh oh, yeah, maybe you have to have them i don't know i don't know how the logistics of you yeah. know uh small town politics goes but we're in a state of emergency because of a mask yeah uh, an anti-mask protest that's going to go on this weekend and there's supposed to be another protest protesting them mm. across across the uh parking lot actually and they're going to be wearing masks yeah i'm assuming so because mm. they're they're protesting the people that are protesting wow and i'm thinking about starting a third one third pro- that's anti-protest yeah. yeah you know what we should just do we should just set up a stand there and we should just promote our podcast to all yeah. these angry people yelling at yes each other. hey guys guys i know you're really angry but have you heard of have you heard joke? this? Have you heard of the average? We're playing it out of our phone speakers. <laughs> Just the phone speakers. Over the bottom phone. It's going up to people, <laughs> people's Just, ears like, hey, you have Ant Me? <laughs> you have Ant Me. And actually, that's going to bring oh, us to the sponsor of this uh, sponsor. show, which is Ant. No. It's sponsored by Ant Me. I would. Well, we, <laughs> don't have money for a Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> but have money for a second phone. Amp me. Amp me. Is that what amp me is? You just you play the same song on two phones. Yeah, you can. You and your friends can hang out, and it's like, hey, God, amp me. Uh, you can all play the same song through okay. your speakers at once. Okay. What well, if I think if you don't have a speaker, you don't need to play music that bad. Like it's just yeah. it's okay. You don't need to have music. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know. Or you could just freaking put your earbuds in. 
Yeah. Well, that's. But what if you don't have your well, earbuds? Oh, with your friends. Yeah, it's with also your very friends. awkward. <laughs> yeah. Just, excuse me. I'm just gonna put earbuds in real quick. <laughs> uh yeah if you're listening we will get to football eventually this is the average joe football show we did have a uh, a crazy week of games this week a lot of weird outcomes a lot of weird stuff but we will get there eventually uh always like to start each podcast with a little bit of banter and we were talking about the state of emergency that our sleepy little town is in right now sleepy little, sleepy town. little town uh and we big news we actually i think we got up to on the day of the american election we got Today. up to we got up to nine on trending number nine on 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 twitter's trending page twitter's trending page which is kind of ridiculous kind of insane that's the biggest thing that's happened since the imperial tobacco shutdown yeah literally that's the biggest thing to happen in this town nothing like going onto twitter in the morning not expecting to see anything even remotely close to about your town and then you have people just telling you how everybody from your town is stupid they were so mean on there. oh my gosh they were saying like I used to live in Elmer. Everyone there is a bad person and they're so backwards or whatever. It's like, okay. Like, Just because you grew up around bad people doesn't yeah. mean that everybody's a bad person. I've lived here for most of my life and it's pretty, it's a, it's really it's nice. Fi- yeah. It's fine, I it's think. It's nice. Like, uh, there's a lot of the people I see that were talking crap, they're like from Toronto and stuff. And I understand yeah. uh, when, if you move from a small town to a big city, you are basically obligated to be feel better than everybody that lives in that small town. <laughs> so yeah. that makes sense. Uh, but also there's an influx of people from Toronto coming and buying up real estate yeah. around here. So yeah, it's which like, is why our house which, is why, which is why I live in an apartment right <laughs> which now. Which is why we're in an apartment, not a real house. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, who's really winning here? Not yeah. us. Definitely not us. Definitely not. Uh, Loser both times. <laughs> we're going to turn this into a real estate podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, you know, if you're from a small town and if you're from Elmer specifically, be proud of who you are. Who cares what people on Twitter say? They're yeah. mean and rude. Uh, and if you want to, you could follow me on Twitter, uh, underscore average Joe show. I'll say only nice things about Elmer, Ontario, Canada. I love this <laughs> place. I've lived here for 20 plus years. I had a little stint in Manitoba there for a while. We won't get too into that. Wait, in where? In Manitoba. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, For those of you that don't know, that's an, that's another part of Canada. Uh, but, uh, I, I like it here. I like it here. But, uh, also we haven't even talked about really the fact that the, the tonight, Tuesday, we're recording this on a Tuesday, like we usually do. Uh, it goes up on, up on Thursday. Yep. Uh, so by the time everybody's listening to this, the 2020 presidential election has already, already happened. Yes. And we, but it's happening right now. It's happening as we squeak, right? As we squeak. It's happening uh, and I think it's kind of nice. This is kind of like a little time capsule. Yeah. It's like if you're listening to this and the person that you did you wanted to win did not win, and you know your life is devastated. You're having a, you had a day to kind of kind of work on it. You know, mm-hmm. progress, uh, sleep on it. Uh, but you know, and you're, you're you're maybe going through a tough time. But just know that we're not going through that at all right now. No, we're fine. We're kind of like we are here. Who like? And it's kind of crazy because there could be crazy riots going on right now. As we're as this podcast is being listened to by people uh, all across the world, really, but it's kind of a neat little thing that we are we are recording this before any of that happens. So it's kind of an unpredictable next few days. I hope you're staying safe, <laughs> and whether or not your person wins, the person that you want to win wins the election. Just make sure you're still a decent person, right? Yeah, and it's funny. As soon as you said that, literally. 
the moment that you said that, it went to 2020, 20 minutes and 20 seconds recording. No way. Yeah, that was kind of wow. Meta. Wow. What does that mean? Sorry. What is it like? Is that a sign you think? Yeah. Should we maybe wrap this up? Yeah, I think we should go. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting a little bit too ominous. Yeah. But yeah, I hope everything's well with you. I hope your guy won. And if he didn't, that sucks. Oh, I, I, I wanted we'll him to get win him next too. time. Yeah, we'll get him next time. Do you think that, uh, <laughs> okay, this is kind of weird, but Trump or Biden is the big thing right now. Trump yeah. or Biden. Yeah. In the next four years, when the next election happens, will either of them be alive? Ooh. I would say there's a, there's a, in the next four years, well, that, I mean, <laughs> right, so it's kind of a morbid dark. thing to ask. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, it's it's good to think because they're both in their 70s. Yeah, they're old. The, you know, life expectancy in, in America is not that old. And yeah, so. Yeah. Well, uh, is it higher in Canada? <laughs> that sounded so. <laughs> this Now we're a life expectancy podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the life expectancy is in Canada. You know, I would say there's a, there's a decent, uh, there's probably like, I wonder what the percentage chance on that would be. That either one of them would be dead by the next time there's an election. Wow. By the time that Dwayne Johnson is the president of the United States. Yeah. COVID, old age. <laughs> Biden's already has health issues Who knows as far as I'm concerned. Who knows what's going on with his brain. Yeah. Trump hasn't been assassinated somehow. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying I would assassinate him. I'm not getting political. I'm just saying a lot of people hate him. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say whether those people are right or wrong. We don't get into politics on this podcast because we, we like your guy. Remember, we do love your guy. We love your guy. The guy that you like, that's our favorite guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if Joe, if you have anything else you want to talk about before no, we get I'm into No, I'm pretty much wrapped up here. You yeah, know? Maybe we should wrap this up as we're kind of rambling a little bit more than even usual. It might be a little bit of a shorter show today. We do have some uh, stuff we have to tend to outside of the podcast. It's a little busy time right now. But I figured, you know, still would hop on, try to see if we can get a podcast going. To everybody that listens to this podcast, really appreciate it. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to you. Also, a quick shout out to our sister podcast, <laughs> sister podcast, Miked Up uh, with Podcasting with Billy, Nick, and Mike. I yeah. always forget to shout them out on every podcast, but I'm finally doing it. Uh, make sure you check out their podcast. They're mm-hmm. three fun guys. Uh, I really enjoyed their last podcast. It was super fun. Uh, make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out the newest podcast because by the time you're listening to this, there's a new one out. Uh, they talk all things sports. They talk uh, golf. They talk, I'm talking football. Uh, kind of sold out from us. I'm talking <laughs> basketball. I'm talking baseball. Even the dying sports like baseball. They're talking about them like that. Uh, so make sure you check them out. Subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts. Let them know that you we sent you there. Uh, and then... I don't know. Karma, I guess, might happen. I don't, I don't know if that's how karma works. But also, while you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Uh, give us a, a nice review. You guys have no idea how much it helps the podcast, how much it means to us. Uh, if you give us a five-star rating and a review uh, and you follow us on social medias. And if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, uh, help a friend out and share it with a friend. You know, another thing, you guys have no idea. If you share, if everybody listening to this podcast shares it to one friend, we immediately double our viewership and that would wow. mean a whole, yeah, that's math right there, baby. That's kind of crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah, <laughs> kind of scary, actually. <laughs> Maybe don't do I that. I don't know if I want that right now. <laughs> no, that but sounds like a lot of commitment that I'm lot, not ready for. I'm not ready for this many people <laughs> listening to the podcast, but no, please, I uh, we're going we're gonna to be ready for it. So if you listen to the podcast, you enjoy it. Uh, if you enjoy the banter, if you enjoy the football, 
We appreciate you guys sticking around. This is episode number 30. 30. Wow. Holy smokes. I hope it is 30. I think it is 30. It is 30. It yep. is 30. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, why don't we just jump straight into the news? First up, in the news, it was the trade deadline this week. We talked about last week all the things going on uh, around the trade deadline. And like every year, so much hype around the trade deadline. Uh, So many big names being thrown around. People like J.J. Watt, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm talking Stephon Gilmore. I'm talking players like that. There was big names being thrown around. And and every single year, it's the same thing. All these big names get thrown around. We get excited for the NFL trade di- deadline. We're like, oh my goodness, we're going to see so many trades. And this year is especially because it was like, oh, 2020 is a crazy year. There's got to be some crazy trades. And every year it gets to the 4 p.m. on a Tuesday and we get let down. We're like that kid who his, his deadbeat dad says he's going to constantly come to his softball game every single time. And every single time we believe him, and every single time we're let down. Sad. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. But uh, and this, the trade deadline was kind of sad. Not gonna lie, there was some trade. There was some trades uh, a couple days before. There was some trades this last week. Uh, but overall, the trade deadline was a monster letdown. No huge, huge names uh, being moved. But there was some names. First off, we had Carlos Dunlap of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, being traded to the Seattle Seahawks. Four offensive linemen, B.J. Finney, and, and a 2021 seventh-round pick. So we talked about this, actually, on last week's episode. And before the episode was even out, uh, Carl Sunlap was traded to the Seattle Seahawks. So I kind of predicted this. Uh, so I could definitely predict who's going to win the 2020 election. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, so congratulations to... On winning the 2020 uh, presidential election. Uh, and congratulations to Carlos Dunlop, who goes from a team that is kind of rebuilding to a team that's competing. Carlos Dunlop did not want to be in Cincinnati. Uh, he made that very obvious uh, by just doing things, everything he could to not be in Cincinnati anymore. Uh, and then they told him not to play this this last game before uh, he was traded. And they were getting prepared to trade him. And they do trade him to Seattle, a team that needs, desperately needs pass rushers. And they get that help uh, with Carlos Dunlop. Up next in the news, our next trade that we had was Avery Williamson. Just uh, not even a day after the games this Sunday, uh, the former Jets linebacker on the final year's contract was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he goes from 0 and 7 or 0 and 8 to 7 and 0, just like that. Completely switches uh, records. Uh, he gets traded. Him and a 2021 uh, seventh round pick get traded to the Steelers for a 2020 uh, fifth round pick. And the Steelers, obviously, they lost Devin Bush uh, a couple weeks back to a season-ending injury. So they bring in another linebacker to to compete there. We talked last, or I don't even know if I did talk. I was going to talk about them potentially trading for somebody like Miles Jack uh, or somebody like that. They don't get a huge name like that, but they do bring in a veteran guy and Avery Williamson to come in and shore up that already very shored up defense. That defense, we'll talk about how they did uh, this last week. They were really, really good. Uh, as usual and this just adds another layer to that very talented stacked defense and then the next trade that we had another linebacker trade Quan Alexander 
uh, of the San Francisco 49er traded to the New Orleans Saints for Kiko Alonso, another linebacker, and a conditional fifth-round pick. So Kiko Alonso continues to move around the league. Uh, if you know anything about Kiko Alonso, you know he's been to a lot of teams. Uh, he started off his career really promising, actually, with the Buffalo Bills. I remember I really liked him as a player, despite him being on a team that I didn't like in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but the main piece, obviously, with this is Quan Alexander. Uh, he gets traded to the New Orleans Saints. It seems like uh, potentially the 49ers could be kind of tearing things down uh, in order to build them back up next season. We'll talk about how their season might have taken some huge hits. Uh, and it could be potentially over before we're even uh, through the halfway point of the NFL season. But uh, Quan Alexander traded to the Saints. And that shores up a defense that's really struggled. I thought they would do a lot better this season. Uh, they have a ton of talent. They have Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, uh, Cameron Jordan, guys like that. But overall, their defense has not impressed all that much. So they're, they're trying to get as much as they possibly can to shore up that defense. And I, I like the addition of Quan Alexander. And it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what his production is like there. As you know, in, in San Francisco, they have some really good uh, linebackers there, Fred Warner and stuff like that. So they didn't really need uh, Quan Alexander there. And he, I think he'll fit well uh, in that New Orleans Saints defense. Moving on to the next piece of news, the next trade that happened, and it's Desmond King of the Los Angeles Chargers being traded to the Tennessee Titans for a sixth-round pick. And this was kind of a weird trade for me because Desmond King is a young uh, really, really fantastic corner, and he got traded for a six-round pick. I don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on there in Los Angeles, but this seems like sort of a weird trade. Uh, I really like this trade for Tennessee. Uh, is there a defense that's also struggled? Their defensive uh, pass rush has not been there this season, even with Jadevian Clowney. So to get a guy who can cover for longer, maybe uh, allow guys like Jadevian Clowney to to get to the pass uh, or get to the passer. Uh, a little bit quicker. I really like this uh, signing for De- uh, of Desmond King. He is a an all pro in both kick returning and as a cornerback. So overall, a, a really good trade for the Tennessee Titans. And I'm not really sure uh, exactly why he's he was traded from Los Angeles, uh, but I really like the addition for the Tennessee Titans. Then we have a couple more trades. The Dolphins got involved in a couple trades. First, Isaiah Ford, uh, the wide receiver, uh, who was in the final year of his contract, traded for a 2020. 2020- two seventh round pick to the New England Patriots and this is a trade that I do not understand uh, from Miami's perspective uh, the Patriots now two and five obviously don't have any wide receiver talent on their roster I don't know why the Dolphins felt they need to help out the Patriots and give them Isaiah Ford who's a solid receiver he, he doesn't put up insane numbers he hasn't really put up any numbers uh, of significance in his career but uh, Dolphins fans really really were high on Isaiah Ford and he's done some really good things this season. He's really been kind of the number three receiver there uh, in Miami uh, beside Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. So I think the the, the Patriots are getting a, a pretty good receiver. I think he'll put up good numbers uh, there in New England. He immediately becomes probably one of, if not the most talented receiver on that roster. So Isaiah Ford going, not the big name receiver that I'm sure Patriots fans were, were hoping for. But he is a receiver and I think he is better than most of, most of the receivers they have on that roster. What happened? I just want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Now that we're doing it on the pod, I think it's kind of a, a good, a good, it's good talk. I, I believe. Okay. Uh, Justin wants to trade me, AJ Green, Debo Samuel, and um, uh, Traquan Smith for Stefan Diggs. Whoa, AJ Green, who's the second? Who's guy? on by? Uh, Debo Samuel. 
who's projected to have who's, zero points. He's injured. Yeah. And Traquan Smith, who's projected to have 4.8 yeah. points. You can tell Justin to shove that one with his yeah, unknown shine. Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in football this year. He did get injured this last week, but I think he's okay. Uh, I would definitely decline that. Justin, if you're sorry, listening to that, Justin. get that sorry offer out of here, Justin. He's trying to fleece you like that. Not on my one. Not, not my boy, even Joe. I, even I know. Even I know. Even I don't know. I don't know my butt from my elbow when it comes to <laughs> football. So. But he knew this butt and this elbow. Yes. He tried to make you look like a butt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Justin, get that garbage trade out of here. And speaking of trades, we have one more trade that happened. And it was kind of funny as we were getting towards the end of the trade deadline. Everybody's waiting. Like, okay, something's got to happen. Something's bound to happen. And the Dolphins... <laughs> Uh, do squeeze in a trade here at the end, uh, but it's for running back DeAndre Washington uh, of Kansas City. They trade uh, him to Miami for a, a swap of day three picks. So this is a guy who was not getting any carries uh, in Kansas City. Obviously, they have uh, Clyde edwards Lair and Le'Veon Bell there, so he was not really going to have much production there. He was fairly productive in, uh, in Oakland when he did play with the Raiders. Uh, but Miami, we just got word this week that uh, Matt Breida will, or not Matt Breida, sorry, uh, Miles Gaskin will most likely be out uh, for at least three weeks uh, with an injury. So they bring in more running back depth uh, to what is one of the worst run offenses in football. So DeAndre Washington gets traded to the Dolphins. That wraps up all the trades. Like I said, not a whole lot of big names moving places this week. Uh, this trade deadline, but that seems to how it always goes. Uh, if you're looking for fun trade deadline stuff, that's kind of the NBA's uh, area of expertise. The NFL seems to always disappoint with trade deadline stuff, but there was some 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 you know good trades for for certain players. I I'm excited to see Carlos Dunlop, see what he does there in Seattle. If he can get some sort of pass rush going now that he's motivated uh, to be playing again, and, and Quan Alexander, Desmond King, uh, those are very interesting uh, trades as well. And then before we jump into recapping everything that happened in week eight of the NFL season, we did have a couple injuries, and this we talked about this a little bit when we talked about uh, Quan Alexander being traded, but the 49ers lose Jimmy G and George Kittle potentially for the rest of the season, and this is, I mean, I don't even have to say that it's devastating, because obviously you lose your quarterback, and you lose the best tight end in the NFL uh, in the same week for really the rest of the season. Obviously, that's devastating. This sucks for the 49ers. It really seemed like uh, before this week, they seem to be turning things around, ready to rock and roll. Uh, And then both those guys get hurt. And now it seems like your season might be done and you might have to just scrap it and and try again for next year. So those are are devastating injuries uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully, they can overcome it. But it's going to be tough without your starting quarterback and tight end. You good? Ready to rock and roll? What do you mean? You just said it, it seemed like they were ready to rock and roll. Huh? You just said, you said mm. it seemed like they were ready to rock and roll. That sounds like something a dad would say. Oh, okay. So you're making fun of me. And on that note, congrats, uh, Joe. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That Look at that. Look at that. Anyways, now moving on to the games. <laughs> Uh, first, <laughs> oh man, yeah, was, no, Joe is gonna be a father. Yeah, that's ex- yeah. I I would have never. I totally forgot to even say that on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. That was an incredible segue. How do you and, feel about that? Uh, well, I I feel very anxious about the way that we did segue into this because I didn't know what you were doing. Uh, but it's crazy. Yeah, I uh, my wife and I are are with child. 
My wife has been diagnosed with pregnancy. Yeah, uh, just that's positive yeah, for pregnancy. Positive for months. pregnancy. Uh, we are expecting a child. So obviously, very exciting news. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, if you guys want, and you're s- crying right now. I'm, I am crying. Like, are it's you just, sad or are you I'm, happy? Well, I'm just going through a lot right now with the election and everything, and <laughs> just like I don't know if I have. To, no, I'm just kidding. I am extremely excited. Uh, we're due in May, so that's that's still a while from now. I still have a while to grow up. <laughs> you still yeah. have time to become an adult, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I've uh, you know I have a while, and maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe you know I can get some help with that from from people. But yeah, I'm expecting. <laughs> A child upcoming. It's definitely weird. It's a weird situation. A lot of people around me having kids. Uh, There's are, so many people having kids mm-hmm. right now, or have had kids. Yeah, Congratulations to uh, Joel. Nick, uh, Joel, we already talked oh, about him. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Joel. Well, him again. Whoops, buddy Joel. Thanks, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Sorry, but Nick of Mike Out Podcasting. I hope I'm allowed to say this. I mean, he had a kid, Nick. From no Mike way. Del- yeah, congratulations to him. Congrats, Nick. That's super exciting. That's I awesome. think he did. I really hope that he did. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't, this would be super awkward. But congratulations to Nick. If you did have a kid, if you didn't, just congratulations in general. <laughs> you uh, better check. I'm going to check. This, this, this is not going to be in the podcast <laughs> if he did not have a kid. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of wraps up the news, all the big news. Unless you have something else to say about my child, Joe. No. Okay. <laughs> that we're just going to jump into all the games from the up uh, or from not upcoming, the opposite of upcoming, downgoing games from I don't think week that's eight. I think that is. Let's move on to the games. Week eight. Here we go. First up, it was a Thursday night game, Thursday night coffee pick, and I picked the Carolina Panthers to win over my buddy Joel for a cup of coffee, sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, no, it's not, but please, Dunkin' Donuts, if you're listening, <laughs> Dunkin', Dunkin', if you're listening to this, please sponsor our podcast. Uh, but the Falcons come away with a 25-17 to victory over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt early in this, or not early, but sort of around halftime uh, in, of this game. He took a, a devastatingly dirty hit uh, by Charles Harris, the the fantastic bus uh, bust first round bust of the formerly Miami Dolphins. Now he's with the Atlanta Falcons. Hit Teddy Bridgewater hard, dirty, uh, and and he got hurt, uh, and that was kind of a big factor in this game. Curtis Samuel kind of went off. He had two touchdowns early in this game, and I had him on my bench in fantasy. So that was devastating. But Matt Ryan had an overall pretty solid game. 21 uh, for 30, 281 yards. No touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Julio Jones was back. Uh, he had seven receptions, 137 yards. But a good victory for the Falcons as, as it seemed like the Panthers were kind of surging. Uh, kind of kind of a, a team with a lot of confidence. But the Falcons uh, get up, get a needed win uh, to, to move up to 2-6. and six. Their second win under Raheem Morris. And then on to the next game, and this was everybody's pick for game of the week, and it did not disappoint. It was a very chaotic game, uh, a lot of mistakes in this game, and this was the the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, going into Baltimore and playing the Baltimore Ravens, and the Steelers walk away with a 28 to 24 victory. Uh, they move to seven and zero. The only undefeated team left still in the NFL is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this was a game where the Pittsburgh Steelers started off super slow. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had 24 yards at halftime, 24 yards passing at halftime, uh, and it, they were, it was looking rough uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The, the Baltimore defense was playing really good football. 
but a ton of mistakes by Baltimore and, and really by Lamar Jackson really, really uh, boned them in this game. I mean, Lamar Jackson uh, had four turn turnovers uh, by himself. He went 13 for 28, 208 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, he also had two fumbles lost on 65 yards rushing on 16 carries. So just an all over the place game for Lamar Jackson is he's you know he struggled the last couple of weeks a lot of people are asking the questions uh if Lamar Jackson has been figured out by the NFL and I and I'm sure I'm sure he'll bounce back and I know that the Ravens are good enough to still beat teams that they should beat but this Pittsburgh Steelers team is is really good uh especially their defense we saw uh TJ Watt again was was a huge factor in this game uh, he had one sack he had five quarterback hits and this defense is good enough to win games even when the offense is struggling like we saw early on in this game uh, this defense is good enough to pick up the offense the offense just has to be good enough uh, and, and that's what B big ben was in this game he, he ended 21 for 32 182 yards two touchdowns no interceptions you just don't make you don't need to make mistakes ben is not what he used to be as a quarterback obviously we know that he's getting up there in age uh, he hasn't been putting up the crazy numbers that that we're maybe used to from Ben Roethlisberger, but he just needs to limit mistakes, which I think he's done a really good job of this so far this season. Limit those mistakes and just do enough to win the games because this deal, dealer's defense is going to do enough to to win on that side of the football, and they did that again this week, and that's why they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Moving on to the next game, and this was one of many ugly, ugly weather games that we had. Uh, this week, there was a ton of ugly weather in the northern uh, part of the United States. So a lot of games were affected by this. And the, and the first game we're going to talk about uh, that was really affected by this was the Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. In Cleveland, the Raiders walk away with a 16-6 to victory. That's an ugly score for an ugly game. Uh, and like I said, the, the, the weather was a factor. Uh, there's one play in this game that went for more than 20 yards. So that kind of tells you... Uh, how much the weather really played a factor. It was very much a run-heavy uh, attack from both teams today because you can't really do much in the air when when the wind and the rain and everything is so uh, hectic and chaotic. So you have to play ugly football. And you'd think uh, ugly football, you'd think that the team from Cleveland, think the team from the AFC North would be the team that would strive playing ugly football. But it was literally the exact opposite of that with the Raiders, and, and if, you, if you think about it, the Raiders are really built for ugly football. I mean, John Gruden is, is an old-fashioned coach, an old-fashioned run-the-ball, an old uh, kind of a guy who, who's, you know, he's going to use a fullback. He's going to do things like that. So it makes sense that the Raiders would win an ugly game like this. Uh, Derek Carr had 112 yards passing for a touchdown. Josh Jacobs had a really big game, 31, 31 carries for 128 yards. Uh, and then on the other side, Baker Mayfield finished with 122 yards on 24 attempts, uh, no touchdowns, no picks. Kareem Hunt had 14 carries, 66 yards. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the Raiders really bullied uh, the Cleveland Browns. And this is a game, Cleveland, I, they, they've gone out, Cleveland has, they've gone out and they've beat uh, bad teams. We've, we've seen them do that over and over. They, they dismantled the Cowboys. Uh, they, they narrowly beat... Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, teams like that, they, they they get these wins that make you think, okay, this might be it. They might be turning a turning a corner, uh, and then they drop a game like this, and it's it's disappointing. It really is uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And I understand the weather played a huge factor, but you you just want the Cleveland Browns 
uh, you know, a team that's kind of, kind of, you know, a northern team, a team that plays in the AFC North, plays outside all the time. When you have the Raiders coming in from their fancy new stadium, a dome team, and you come and 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 they come into Cleveland and and bully around uh, an AFC North team like that, it's it's just it seems weird to me. To, you know, you would love to see Cleveland play that ugly football win it even if it's an ugly win just win a game like this this would be a it would have been a big win for Cleveland but unfortunately it goes the other way for Browns fans uh, and it's a big win for for Oakland and Oakland might be underrated they've put strung together a couple of really good wins here uh, and they're I think they're a t- uh, quite a bit better than a lot of people anticipated Derek Carr's played played well obviously in this game with the weather didn't do much. But I, I really like the deep uh, aspect of their of their passing offense, uh, and that will obviously we'll see more of that when the games aren't so ugly. But uh, the Raiders they they could be a frisky team near the end, maybe for that last wild card spot, uh, as there is an extra wild card spot. But yeah, don't sleep on the Raiders, uh, and maybe maybe sleep on the Browns. Uh, next game up was the Colts in Detroit, uh, playing the Detroit Lions. They come away with a dominating victory, forty-one to twenty-one. This is what you want to see if you're a Colts fan. This is what you want to see out of the Indianapolis Colts. Phillip Rivers, uh, after I called him out a couple of weeks ago, saying that he might be the problem in Indianapolis, he's played really well lately. Uh, he was 23 for 33, 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And then Jordan Wilkins out of the backfield, after I trade for Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, uh, Jordan Wilkins ends up being the lead rusher there for Indianapolis. 20 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Matthew Stafford had an all right day, 24 for 42, 336 yards, three touchdowns, a really ugly pick six in this game. I was watching on Red Zone uh, on my laptop, and I I saw that pick six. That was an ugly, ugly pick six uh, by Matthew Stafford. But this this Colts defense, they're different when Darius Leonard is out there. He returned um, this week, and he made all the difference on that Defense, they were stout defensively again. Uh, he made a huge play late in that game. Uh, he had a strip sack. And, and this Colts uh, defense in general had five sacks. They had that pick six I talked about uh, and, and completely shut down Detroit's run uh, offense. They had 29 total rush yards. So this is just a great win for the Indianapolis Colts. One that they can feel really good about moving forward. Uh, yeah, you love to see them go out and just just dismantle a team that they should be better than them, and that's exactly what they did. And Philip Rivers, if he continues to play like this, uh, you know this this team can really you know go as far as he can take them. On to the next game, the New England Patriots uh, in Buffalo playing against the Buffalo Bills, and this was a game that came right down to the wire. The Bills walk away with a twenty-four to twenty-one victory another ugly game obviously the ugly weather was a factor in this game as well uh, Josh Allen finished 11 for 18 154 yards no touchdowns for the second straight game uh, and an interception he had 10 carries for 23 yards Devin Singletary and Zach Moss really carried the load on offense this was obviously an ugly game so uh, a ton of rushing a uh, little quick drinking game every time I say ugly game in this episode make sure that you you make sure that you take a drink and you will be dead by the end of this podcast. Uh, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, though. Devin Singletary had 14 carries, 86 yards. And Zach Moss had 14 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. So overall, a pretty good game offensively uh, You know, on the run game that has kind of struggled for Buffalo this season. So it was good to see them uh, sort of get on track. Uh, and for the Patriots, they they were so close to, to beating up little brother again. 
Uh, Cam Newton, still not all that great. 12 for 25, 174 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, he had 54 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Damian Harris, uh, the, the running back for the New England Patriots, had 16 yards for 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and, and the Patriots were oh so close. They were driving down the field in field goal range to potentially tie it up or potentially win the game. And Cam Newton fumbles in a big spot to cost the Buff uh, or the New England Patriots rather a victory and drop them to two and five, which is insane. It's crazy to imagine that here in 2020, the New England Patriots, when it seemed like at the beginning of the season, uh, they were going to do the same old Patriots thing. They were going to dominate. Everybody thought, oh, I remember during that Seattle game, everybody's like, here we go again. Uh, Cam Newton's going to light up the league. He's going to win an MVP. The Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. And oh, how things have changed since Cam Newton caught COVID. Uh, they've been bad. Cam Newton's been bad. Uh, and it's crazy. The Patriots are 2-5 and five in third place in the AFC East. Uh, with Buffalo Bills surging in 6-2, despite not playing their best football, they are uh, in the lead with the Dolphins right behind them at 4-3. We'll get to their game later on uh, in the episode, but uh, crazy to see that the New England Patriots struggling so much. As, as somebody who's lived through 20-some years of the Patriots dominating uh, the NFL and dominating the AFC East. On to the next game, this was uh, a game that was almost not fair that it even had to be played this week. And it was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets. Uh, and it was it was pretty bad. It was 35-9 to for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was 31 for 42, 416 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. That was a big week for him for fantasy, right, Joe, on your fantasy team? 36.5 points. 36.5 points. What, what? You know what, what? I'm saying? Uh, Tyreek Hill. And Travis Kelsey also had big games. Tyreek Hill finished with 98 yards and two touchdowns. That's my fantasy team, baby. Uh, Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 109 yards and a touchdown. Uh, For the Jets, almost nothing good happened. Sam Darnold was 18 for 30, 133 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Like I said, almost not even fair that this game was played because uh, the Jets are essentially a college organization compared to what the Kansas City uh, Chiefs are. Uh, they dropped to 0 and 8. Kansas City is now 7 and 1. Probably the best team in the AFC right now. You can argue the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and, and that's a fair argument. Uh, if I had to pick right now, I'd still think that Kansas City is the best team uh, in the NFL right now. Uh, and you know they'll they'll be battling with Pittsburgh for that number one seed late into the season. I think as both teams are very very solid uh, and very very good in different aspects of football, uh, but a, but a big time win. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Up next, another game that was affected by the bad weather this week, uh, you might even call it an ugly game, uh, was the Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Vikings walk away with an upset victory, 28-22, to uh, over the now 5-2 and two Green Bay Packers. The Vikings are 2-5. and five. Uh, Dalvin Cook went bananas in this game. 30 carries, 163 yards, Three touchdowns on the ground, and then he added two receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. Joe, what's 163 plus 68? Sorry, what? 163 plus 68. 200? 200. And? No, I think... 30-something. Well, 230-something. Well, I hope you're going to check because I, I, I wasn't checking. What is it? 163 plus 68. 
What did you guess? What did you I guess? One thirty or sorry, two. I think it's like two thirty-two, two thirty-one. I was so close. Oh, uh, I didn't even try. Very close. Two two hundred thirty-one all-purpose yards for Dalvin Cook in this game. Ridiculous. Uh, Kirk Cousins didn't have to do a whole lot because Dalvin Cook did the whole job with four touchdowns. Uh, in this game, Kirk Cousins was 11 for 14, 160 yards, and one touchdown to Dalvin Cook. Aaron Rodgers, 27 for 41, 291 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Devontae Adams had himself another huge game, seven receptions, 53 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, there was a lot of COVID madness going on with this game afterwards, as there's some Green Bay Packers uh, players that have it. And now they are playing on Thursday against the San Francisco 49ers. So it's a really messy situation. Hopefully gets sorted out and everything's okay like it has been so far this season. Uh, but this was a dominating victory uh, for Dalvin Cook, really. Dalvin Cook, uh, he kind of proves like, I'm I'm one of the best, if not the best running back in the NFL right now. It's, it's probably between, uh, with Christian McCaffrey out, it's probably between him and Alvin Kamara at this point. But Dalvin Cook, uh, people, you know, questioned if he was worth that contract. And I I will admit, I even questioned if he was worth that contract before the season. I didn't even put the guy in my top five running backs going to the season. And, you know, he's made he's made me look bad because he has played really, really well this season. And he's even missed a couple games and he's still up there with the best of them. Uh, and in just a phenomenal game. And the Packers, they got to figure things out because I know they had a ton of injuries and uh, they were missing some key players in this game. Uh, but you got to win games like this. I mean, if you want to be one of the upper echelon teams, if you want people to take you seriously, I think this is a game that you have to win uh, as the Packers if you want to be taken seriously as a potential number one seed, a potential Super Bowl contender. Uh, Hopefully they'll figure things out. They did not make any trades at the trade deadline. There was a lot of rumors about them maybe getting a guy like Will Fuller. That never happened. That would have been exciting to see, Uh, but hopefully they can figure things out and get back to that dominant form that made me think that they were one of the scariest teams in the NFL just a couple weeks ago. And then moving on to the brightest spot of the week for me. It was kind of a rough week overall. Joe, I don't know if you know, but I lost my lock this last week. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was there. I yeah, was there you were there. Happened. Well, it's happening, happening live. We're going to get into that game. That was, wow, that was, that was something, all right. I lost my lock. I lost my eliminator challenge, which is the thing where I pick, we pick, a winner each week of a game. I lost that. I lost in fantasy. Uh, and the only really bright spot I had was the Miami Dolphins putting it to the Los Angeles Rams in an upset victory in Miami. I did pick them this uh, this week in this game. So take that. Uh, they win 28-17, to and, and the score doesn't even indicate how much the Dolphins really put it to the Rams, especially early on in this game. Uh, one of the weirdest games I've ever witnessed in my entire life. I've... I've never witnessed a game like this where Jared Goff was shook in this game. He looked terrified early because Brian Flores, uh, we saw him do it to the Rams a few years ago in the Super Bowl. He did the same thing where he 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 completely made Sean McVay question his life choices. I mean, that offense could not get anything going. Jared Goff could not get anything going. Uh, the Dolphins had, on defense, they had a 78-yard a fumble returned by Andrew Van Ginkle that was knocked loose. Uh, by Emmanuel Ogba, who has played just so good this year. Emmanuel Ogba has been one of the best pickups in free agency uh, by any team this this year. He's been phenomenal. Uh, and, the, and then you had an 88-yard punt return touchdown for Jakeem Grant, uh, which is the longest in franchise history. So they were scoring in all sorts of ways. Tua didn't even really need to be on the field. We didn't even talk about... Tua, this was Tua's first start. 
And they almost didn't even need a quarterback in this game. Two only went 12 for 22, 93 yards, a touchdown. Uh, he started his very first drive on his very second snap by getting completely destroyed by Aaron Donald like everybody projected. He got hit hard, fumbled the ball, uh, lost the ball on his on his very first drive. And he's like, uh-oh, this is a disaster. He ends up playing all right. Like I said, didn't need to do a whole lot. He didn't have a whole lot uh, of time with the football. And when he did, Chan Gailey called a terrible game offensively. If it wasn't for the dominating defense in this game uh, and, and, and special teams by Miami, we would be talking about Chan Gailey and how he is a bonehead for the way that he played this game. Far too conservative, uh, especially in the second half. This is something that Miami's done week in and week out. They've dominated teams for three weeks straight now. Three weeks straight, they've been up by 18 points uh, in games, which is crazy. Uh, but three weeks straight, they've had these dominant first halves. And then in the second half, a team like Miami, a team uh, led by Brian Flores, who's usually pretty aggressive, just sits on these leads, just doesn't do anything, nothing at all in the second half. They sit on these leads and just hope not to screw it up. You would love to see them just be a little bit more aggressive. But but Chan Gailey, he, he, he looked like he was uh, play calling uh, scared, and and I, I was not a fan of the play calling in this game. I think Tua could have been a lot better uh, if there wasn't for bad play calling, and if and if there wasn't there was some really key drops in this game on on third down. There's three huge drops on third down that completely changes Tua's whole stat line if those drops are are, are not drops and are catches. Uh, but overall, you know we we might need to start taking my Miami Dolphins seriously. I mean, they have a really, really stout defense, probably the best defense uh, in their division, uh, as we see some of the other defenses that were supposed to be good struggling. Uh, their pass rush is is relentless at times. And then they have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard being one of the better cornerback duos uh, in the NFL. And they're a fun team to watch. This is the most fun I've had watching uh, the Dolphins in a while. And hopefully Chan Gailey figure things out so, so it'll stay that way. Uh, and so Tua will play better. And Jared Goff, if you look at his numbers, he ended 35 for 61, 355 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and he also lost two fumbles. His stats make it look like his game was not that bad. It was very bad. Uh, just go and look at even the highlights from this game. Jared Goff was shook. The only receiver he he really wanted to throw to was Cooper Cup. He looked scared to do anything else. Uh, he, he was completely shook by this Dolphins defense. Uh, you could argue, despite the numbers being very much skewed towards Jared Goff, that two was, was the better quarterback in this game, despite not seeing much of him. But yeah, Jared Goff did not look good, and the Dolphins looked very good in this game. On the next game, the Titans at the Bengals, and this uh, was an interesting upset. Another upset. This is three straight games we're talking about that are big upsets. Uh, the Titans drop to 5-2 and two with a 31-20 Loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are now 2-5-1. and one. Joe Burrow continuing to impress in his rookie season. He finishes 26 for 37, 249 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and T. Higgins, him and T. Higgins have been met, uh, connecting on some really, really good passes these last couple weeks. T. Higgins is kind of developing into one of the better rookie quarterbacks in the NFL uh, or rookie receivers, rather, uh, in the NFL this season. Uh, he had six six catches for 78 yards. Ryan Tannehill uh, started off slow. He had a pick early, uh, ended 18 for 23, or 18 for 30, 233 yards. Uh, Derrick Henry also had a pretty good game, 18 for uh, 112 and a touchdown. But this game, this is a big win for Cincinnati, a good win against a good team. 
the Titans, like we talked about, don't have any pass rush, and that is tough for them. It's tough when you can get when you have zero sacks against an offensive line that has had Joe Burrow run for his life this entire season. Uh, so it, you know you don't want to see that, especially with Jadavian Clowney, who still doesn't have a sack uh, this season. But a good win for Cincinnati, and and you hope that the the Titans can figure something out defensively to get some pass rush. Maybe Desmond King will help with that, uh, as he can maybe shore up the coverage a little bit. But uh, a good win for Cincinnati. Up next, we had my lock of the week that did not go well. I locked up the Chargers at the Broncos this week, and it was looking good. It was looking really good. The Chargers were up 24-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter of this game, and I was sitting pretty. I wasn't going to have to do a punishment. We haven't come up with what the punishment's going to be yet. If you have any recommendations, hit us up on social medias. Uh, but... Then the Chargers just do what the Chargers did, and they blew the lead to the Denver Broncos. Uh, it came down to the very last play of the game because of a pass interference call uh, in the end zone. The ball was on the one-yard line, one second left. Drew Locke finds K.J. Hamler uh, for the game-tying touchdown, and then the point-after attempt gives the Denver Broncos the victory. Drew Locke finished 26 for 41, 248 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. They start off so slow. And I cannot stress this enough, the Broncos were bad early in this game. Uh, but they come back. Uh, Philip Lindsay has a big 55-yard touchdown. Justin Herbert goes 29 for 43, 278 yards, three touchdowns. Did have two picks, however. Uh, and and this, was, uh, this was, like I said, uh, the Chargers were dominating early. And we thought the, the, the storyline would be how good Justin Herbert is again. Uh, but Anthony Anthony Lynn, in uh, in that team that he coaches there in Los Angeles, they find a way to blow another lead. And at some point, you have to put some of the blame on Anthony Lynn. How do you allow your team to constantly blow leads? They're just like the Falcons. Uh, you got to have some accountability for your coach. Uh, as good of a man I'm, as Anthony Lynn is, as good of a coach as he is, uh, blowing big leads like this is it, it, you have to look back on the coach. And this was a, a really good win for Denver as their offense really started clicking there late on, late in the game. Jerry Judy uh, was a big contributor in this game. KJ Hamler was a big contributor. Drew Locke looked good at the end of the game. He was looking confident. He was dancing around. Uh, but yeah, good win for Denver. And then on to the next game, the Saints at the Bears. And they come away with, the Saints come away with a 26-23 victory in overtime. Drew Brees... Looking more like his old self. 31 for 41, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Kamara is this offense for New Orleans. He had 67 yards on the ground and 96 in the air, 163 total yards. Uh, he, Like I said, he's this offense right now. They don't have Michael Thomas, so they're relying heavily, heavily uh, on Alvin Kamara. They didn't have Emmanuel Sanders in this game either. Uh, and and speaking, of, speaking of missing things, uh, Chicago Bears offense is missing. Uh, a lot of things. They're not playing very well right now. I, you Joe, I think you know what they're missing. I think they're you, missing just a little bit of biscuit. Just a little bit of biscuit. A little bit of biscuit never goes. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of biscuit. A little goes a long way with a little bit of biscuit. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yes. Put they did actually put biscuit in for one play. I think in this game he ran for two yards, and that's two yards. That's two positive. Imagine that he gets four yards next play. Six yards play after that. I mean, it's just going to keep going. It's going to keep going. Put Bisky in for the love of... I mean, he can't be worse than Nick Foles at this point. Let's no. put him in so we can talk about him on the podcast again. We didn't even get a chance to make shirts about him or nothing. 
and you guys just benched him. Let's get Bisky back on the field so he can play in games like this and get a win in overtime. He was 3-0 and this season, man. Let's get a little Coke and Bisky rolling. Uh, mm. Put Nick back on the bench. Get our boy Bisky back out there. Uh, and things are going to change for you, Bears. People are going to take you seriously mm-hmm. if Mitcher Bisky is back in the lineup. Moving on to the next game, we had the 49ers at the Seahawks. And we talked about the injuries that plagued the 49ers all throughout the season, really. They've had tons of injuries. And it did not get any better in this game for San Francisco. They lost Jimmy G. They lost George Kittle, potentially for both for the season. And this was a dominating victory for the Seattle Seahawks. It was a 37-24 to victory. And it was really not even as close as the score indicates. Russell Wilson, he cooked again this week. Uh, 27 for 37, 261 yards, four touchdowns. DK Metcalf, 12 receptions, 161 yards, two touchdowns. And DK Metcalf is developing into literally a young Megatron. I mean, he does things out there that you just don't see from a receiver his size. I mean, he is so big, so fast, so strong. There's one play, he he runs along the sideline, tiptoes along the sideline, burns everybody. I mean... You have to see it to believe it. I mean, he does things that are just ridiculous. He's becoming, honestly, one of the best receivers in football. And this this Seahawks team is, is still one of the better teams in the NFL. They're bringing in Carlos Dunlop, like we talked about, to help with that defense. And Bobby Wagner looked ridiculous in this game. He was making plays all over the field. Uh, he looked really good. Uh, and, and, and this Seahawks team can really go as far as Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf can take them. Uh, and they can take them pretty far, I think. Moving on to the next game, uh, the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Woof. This was a, a, a ugly game. We're going to talk about ugly game, but this is ugly for a different reason. It wasn't weather-wise. These are two ugly, ugly teams with ugly, ugly players uh, playing ugly, ugly football. I mean, Carson Wentz, the, he walked away with a victory in this game, 23-9. to uh, He was awful. Just so bad. I mean, I I don't know where you go as Philadelphia, uh, as the Philadelphia Eagles right now, because Carson Wentz is playing horrible football, uh, and he'll have flashes at the end of games where he 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 does things. Uh, we saw it at the end of the Giants game where he just went nuts. But he is for for almost the entire season has played awful awful football, and in I'm not talking, you know, it's because of injuries. He's had injuries, sure, but he is he is making some stupid boneheaded. He hangs onto the ball for way too long. There was a play in this game where he hung on the ball probably for 45 minutes too long, and he got hit uh, by the Dallas Cowboys. And he is just making the dumbest mistakes. Uh, PFF has him ranked, I think, as the 31st best quarterback in the NFL, uh, and he's he's lower than guys like Nick Foles, guys like uh, guys like uh, Nick Mullins, guys like that. That's kind of the range that he's in right now. He's a former number two overall pick. I mean, he, you've got to be better than that. He has been a liability for this Eagles team. And, and what do you do as an Eagles uh, franchise right now with Carson Wentz? Because obviously they're going to keep playing him week in and week out. He's going to keep sucking. I mean, he's shown that he, he, he's not capable of playing at a high level this year, except for little tiny flashes in certain games. Uh, and he's going to do just enough to beat bad teams like the Cowboys. Uh, and, and you're just going to keep playing him. He's going to suck again for three quarters. Uh, and then what? depending on who you're playing, uh, he's either going to continue to suck for that fourth quarter or he's going to do enough to come with a victory. And it's like, really, 
where are you going with this? I mean, I would love to know what the thoughts are on in that front office about Carson Wentz and if he's the future there in Philadelphia because he has been atrocious this year. Uh, they try to get Jalen Hurts involved. I would be curious to see if if by the end of the season Jalen Hurts is not starting a few of these games because Carson Wentz has been that bad at times this year and he was that bad in this game. Uh, and you would think by the way I'm talking about them that they lost this game, but they won this game. Uh, and, and the team that lost, I almost don't even think deserves talking about. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who I was so high on this upcoming season. Obviously, they lost Dak Prescott, which feels like it happened months ago at this point. Uh, ben DiNucci, Nucci Gucci played in this game. Uh, he was not good. Not good at all. Lost two fumbles. 21 for 40, 180 yards. Had a better stat line uh, yardage-wise than Tua, I guess. Uh, but he was—he looked really way uh, out of his league in this game. Zeke had 3.3 yards per carry on 63 yards. Uh, the NFC East is just—I mean, we talk about it every week. Obviously, we know they're a mess, uh, but they're just so bad. And it sucks that a team, like legitimately, a team could finish five and 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 eleven uh, in this division, or five, ten, and one. Uh, like it would have to be for the Eagles and and win this this stinking division and it's it's crazy to me, but uh, yeah I I don't see things really changing for 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 this division anytime soon. It's all four of these teams have looked bad all season and I think will continue to look bad. Finally, onto the final week from week eight, it was the Monday night football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. Uh, Tampa Bay, this was a competitive game, actually. The Giants, we just talked about NFC East teams uh, sucking real bad. But the the uh, the Giants played competitive football early on in this game and really up until the end. But the Buccaneers ended up being too much uh, for the New York Giants. They walk away with a 25-23 to 23 victory. Uh, the Giants cannot win or cannot tie up the game on a two-point conversion there at the end. Uh, Tom Brady finishes 28 for 40, 279 yards, two touchdowns. Daniel Jones, he looked pretty bad at points in this game as well. Uh, 25 for 41, 256 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. The Bucs have struggled in primetime this season. We, I, know, I locked them up uh, a, a couple weeks back when they played the Bears. They disappointed. I had to do an ice bath. If you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you check out the ice bath. I did it in a barrel where I think they keep dead bodies in. Uh, so make sure you go onto our Instagram no. underscore average Joe Show. Go see my ice bath. It was it was quite a quite a treat, and I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Still have to come up with a punishment for for blowing it this week, uh, but the Buccaneers did not blow it. Uh, they end up winning, and they're one of the hotter teams in football right now. Uh, we saw Rob Gronkowski. He's coming along. He caught a touchdown in this game. Uh, the Buccaneers are looking good. Their defense. Uh, you know, struggle at times in this game, but Antoine Winfield makes plays all over the field. So you, you, you'd love to see that defense really continue to be the strength of this team. And Tom Brady, when he gets hot, obviously he's Tom Brady. Uh, he, he, he can, he knows what to do. He knows what plays to make, what throws to make. Uh, and, and this Buccaneers team, they could be better than, than even some of us anticipated going into the season. And real quick, before we get into my picks for next week, I got to give away the average Joe of the week. We don't do it every week, but we do it some weeks. And the average Joe of the week this week goes to none other than the guy making his first career start, Tua Tungovailoa, winning the average Joe of the week. And you might be asking, Joe, what is the average Joe of the week? Joe, why don't you tell him what the average Joe of the week is? 
He's smiling so much. He's so honored that I picked oh, him to do this. I'm super nervous. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Just sound it out. Uh, no. Uh, so if you're listening to like the Mic'd Up podcast yeah. or you're listening Ooh. to Around the NFL podcast, yeah. they're going to give you guys like like Pat Mahomes. They're going to give you guys like... You. Um, another good name. Oh, you want me to tell you a name? Lamar Jackson? Like Lamar Jackson. They're going to give me guys like... R- Am I supposed to say it? Raheem Mostert. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, those guys are great, okay? Yeah. There couldn't be any better players in the NFL, honestly. Honestly, one, yeah. But here at the Average Joe Football Show, we like to do, we like to give you guys the players who just did enough. Enough. Just did enough. Yeah. To, you know, like they weren't phenomenal. No, absolutely not. But they did just enough. Yeah. They didn't blow it. No. They got the W. Did I do good? Yeah, one that was phenomenal. You <laughs> you might even have to be the average Joe of the week for that. I, I am. That was above average. We cannot give you the average Joe of the week, but Tua for sure can have the average Joe of the week. He finished like we talked about with 93 yards passing, uh, 12 for 22, a touchdown. He did have that fumble early, but didn't make any more mistakes later on, and that's the key to being an average Joe. You can make your mistakes, uh, but but you know when it comes down to it, you're gonna be solid. You're gonna you know you're not gonna you're not gonna be amazing. But you're going to do just enough to get that big fat W. That's exactly what Tua Tonga-Vailoa did this week. So congratulations in his first career start. He doesn't win player of the week or any of that nonsense. But he wins average of the week. Congratulations, Tua. Uh, many great things to your career. Please, please many great things to your career because I need you. Uh, but congratulations. And without further ado, once again, why don't we move into the final segment of the podcast. My picks for week nine. So last week I went nine and five on my picks uh, for week eight. So not bad, not amazing. I'm 66 and 37 on the season. Uh, so you know we obviously didn't do picks for week one, uh, but I think I'm doing all right. I don't know what the mic'd up guys are doing, how they're doing, but I think I think I'm doing better than them. Uh, I did not make my lock last week. We talked about Denver blew it against the, the Chargers, so we're gonna have to do a punishment eventually. But a ton of good games coming up this week. Uh, first off, we have the coffee pick on Thursday Night Football uh, with my buddy Joel. I'm going to pick the Packers over the 49ers. We talked about the 49ers having all those injuries. Uh, this game might not even be played with all the COVID nonsense that's going on right now. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Packers to win, let's say, 27-13. I think the Packers are just too good uh, to not beat a, a banged-up 49ers team. And then we move into the 1 o'clock games. We have Denver at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to pick Atlanta. This is kind of a toss-up game for me. But Atlanta. I'm going to pick Atlanta in Atlanta. Uh, and then we move on to Seattle versus Buffalo. And here's my lock of the week. Buffalo, I think, you know, they've struggled lately. I think Seattle is, is torrid hot right now. I think Seattle, I'm going to lock them up beating the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, and then we move on to Baltimore versus Indianapolis. I just have a feeling, as much as I love Indianapolis, and, and they're one of my favorite uh, teams to watch other than my favorite team, uh, I'm going to pick Baltimore to win. I think they just get off the schneid. They get that that victory that they so much need, uh, and they beat Indianapolis in Indianapolis. Uh, Lamar Jackson has another big game. That run game gets going in the Dome. And then Houston versus Jacksonville. Houston coming off that bye I think they get a they get a win against an inferior Jacksonville team. Uh, Carolina at Kansas City. As much as I love Carolina, they're one of my my, my darling teams as well. 
I got to pick Kansas City. They're also toward hot right now. I just cannot see uh, Carolina really hanging with them. And then Detroit at Minnesota. I'm going to pick Minnesota to win this game. I liked what they did last week. Dalvin Cook's looking good. Uh, I don't trust Detroit. And then Chicago at Tennessee. Uh, until Bisky's in there, I don't believe in the Bears. So I'm going to pick Tennessee to win in that game. And then the New York Giants versus the Washington football team. I liked some of the stuff that the Giants did this last week. So I'm going to pick them over another bad team uh, in the football team. And then the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a good game. And this is another toss-up game. But I talked about how I like what Las Vegas is doing. And I'm going to pick them in this game uh, because I want to get a little revenge on the Chargers for, for blowing it for me this last week. Uh, so the Las Vegas, I, I think they're a good team, and I think they, they very well could go in uh, and pick up a big win and continue on uh, what's been a pretty impressive season for, for Derek Carr and the Raiders so far. And then Pittsburgh at Dallas. Just a few weeks ago, I would have been so excited for this game. It's not exciting anymore. Pittsburgh is going to shellac the the Dallas Cowboys. And then Miami at Arizona. Um, Are you going to say something, Joe? What's that? You're going to say something? No. You're moving your mic, so I think that you're going to say something. Okay. So you're just interrupting then. That's fine. Okay, moving on. My Actually. Okay. <laughs> you're the worst. Miami at Arizona. I'm feeling Miami. I'm just going to pick them because they're my favorite team. I'm going to say that they go into Arizona, get an upset victory over the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are quite as good as their record says they are. I think they have some flaws. Uh, and then we move on to New Orleans at Tampa Bay. This is These two teams look very, very different than they did week one when they played each other. I'm going to say Tampa Bay picks up a victory in Tampa Bay over the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and then New England versus the New York Jets on Monday Night Football. Yikes. Yikes. These two teams are very bad. And I was tempted to pick the Jets to win their first game. But I think Bill Belichick is too good to lose to that bad of a team. So I'm going to pick the New England Patriots. And that wraps up the picks for week nine and that wraps up the show uh for us today i hope you guys enjoy the show uh if you did like i said make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts. make sure you share the show uh like i said one share from everybody means a ton you guys have no idea how much it means if you guys share the podcast uh if you guys interact with the podcast if you guys follow us on instagram and twitter at underscore average joe show that would also mean a ton uh, leave us a nice rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, all those good things. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the show, and we will catch you guys on the next one.